What are the signs of spiritual awakening? You start to observe patterns. Another is your ability to let go. And you find yourself awake. Now what? How do you alchemize the trauma you are now aware of? Life is about recovering beautiful gem of the delightful soul of self by removing the labeled conditioning you have adorned yourself with. Always remember, you are not this body, but are the soul housed within this temporary given body to explore, to learn, and to love. This is one of the many gems of Brigitte Visser for guidance during your awakening as a light empowerment coach, a soul configurator, and light language healer. Brigitte helps you remember who you are and reveal the magic you hold within through her power soul healing and light language healing. She is empowering your own soul back to the grid of remembrance of who you most authentically are. Take back your I am power and work with Brigitte because what could be more beautiful than expanding your awareness and embodying your true essence? Work with Brigitte today at www.powersoulhealing.com. That's powersoulhealing.com. The Ascent Masters always say, it is actually Saint Germain says, Oh, fear is the Darth Vader to your Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's your little narcissistic shadow saying, like, I yes. fixed him when it's like I needed to be fixing me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we always forget that. And you're right, we need to focus on the inner. You know, but I was working and he wasn't. And mm -hmm. We moved from an hour away to two doors down from me. And I was like, oh, goodness. And he oh. still wouldn't leave me be. And I got really ill because of it. I made myself ill. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, your nurturing warrior guide through the darkness. Just a reminder, this episode is for educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional therapy. Highly sensitive people have a heightened awareness of other people's emotions and feelings. They tend to be more empathic and compassionate. Dear empaths, do you relate to that statement? Empaths often feel overwhelmed by others' pain, sadness, anger, and grief. They may also experience physical symptoms when around someone in distress. In this episode 121, the five signs you are an empath and how to be more sensitive to spirit's messages is with my guest, Birgitta Visser. She and I reveal exercises, how you can channel messages from spirit so you can embrace your empathic skills. Brigitte shares with us her personal experience with a narcissist and how it brought her physical being down, uh, financial, and so much more. Brigitte is a soul empowerment coach and light configurator, delivering messages from the many light beings to the aid of humanity. She is a courier for those who wish to convey their messages across. She is simply here to plant a seed to help unlock 
your own true potential into a better understanding of yourself and the universe. People often think that transformation commences from without, but inner movement commences from within. When one transforms within, one transforms one's world without having a domino effect in the world so we can dance in it. You can connect with her in all the links in the bio. Without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Hello, Bergisa. So good to finally meet you in person here. Nice to meet you as well, Raven. And thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk about all of us highly empathic people, highly sensitive people, and um, the spiritual journey. We were just talking a bit pre-record about how it is like an onion in the stages of First of all, like recovering from trauma, recovering from this person who is trying to cloak our light with their dark, and then uh, grappling out of that, and then the onion peeling away each layer as we heal and as we grow spiritually. And do you agree that almost like trauma ignites something spiritually within us? Yes, it's a brilliant experience. You know, I didn't think so years ago because I was like, what the heck, man? Why is this happening to me? Why is my life this way? And up there they were like, well, Brigitte, you're not learning, are you? You're not learning from the experience. You keep roaming around in that same toxicity. And so every time, as you know, with trauma, it, it becomes, for me, it was in my childhood it started. But one bit of trauma creates another bit of trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not healing. And um, and that was the problem. Yeah. That's it. And just the, the trauma snowballs until you start to become aware that it's there and then sit with it and then transmute it, which is really hard. No, it's no, 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 no. It's no. funny. It's there's some there's really something funny that um, when I heard it from the ascended masters up there, mm-hmm. they're saying, well, people say, well, it's difficult, right? Mm-hmm. And they're right. No, they they're like you're part of the iffy cult, right? Iffy cult um, rather than difficult. And so um, it's not it's not your soul that's the problem, right? Your soul is pure within your body. It's yeah. your mind that muddies the waters thereof because of your experiences that you ingest and you archive mm-hmm. these experiences. And then you've got the cop at the door who's holding your soul hostage, right? That little yeah. devil. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not happening. And, 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 and this person goes away and sits there and like, yeah, but what am I going to do about it? Well, you're the captain of your own ship, aren't you? Right, you're the soul within your own body. Take responsibility, right? Because before we're we're born, and you don't have to agree with me, it's okay. But this is how I see it, right? Before you're Mm. born, before you incarnate, you've asked for these experiences, right? And I say this because well, I must I must have been high as a kite up there (laughs) to check all the boxes. But (laughs) the thing is. We ask for these experiences not to taunt us and not to, well, it's kind of to break us down in a way, but to upgrade us, right? It's to rejig ourselves to a more authentic version. And that's yeah. it because we get so lost in the maze of this, I call it the societal societal matrix, right? We lose our identity completely and we label our mind with heaven knows how many labels, right? And you could put yourself in a straitjacket. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That's, I love that. You're right. It's very easy for our soul to be doing the transmutation work and growth, but it's that, it's that police at the door holding you hostage. Like you said, like before we hit record is your ego. The ego is holding you hostage and, and the fear, right? Fear is ego, all that fear. And, Oh, I don't want to feel it. It's like, well, you got to feel it to heal it. You know, yes. that's become our motto so far lately <laughs> on the podcast. You have to. Yeah, you have to. And you know what fear, I know that f- fear means false evidence appearing real, right? Mm-hmm. But they have come up a couple of days ago, they came up with this. What actually, Brigitte? It's, well, fear is the biggest illusion of all, right? Um, but it's it's either you you fall endlessly or arise revolutionary. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Choice is yours, right? Yeah. If you have no fear, all of a sudden you're leading movements to change. Yeah. yeah. And it took me, it took me years, but I've gotten rid of my shame label and my fear label. And it's like, because I don't really care. I used to care so much what people thought about me. I used to care about, I was afraid of hurting people. Even when I was in a relationship, oh, I was, I was afraid of hurting the other person. I must have been insane, right? But now it's like, you know what? I'm here to understand myself, to unravel myself and to return to my authentic nature. And the thing is, we judge other people and it doesn't matter who you're with. Everyone is a teacher of one another, right? We're all reflections. And if we change that mindset, if we understand that we're all teachers of one another and that we're here to experience life, right? Because life is an experiment to experience. Yeah. And we understand that we shouldn't remain in that toxicity and we heal up. Life becomes so much simpler. It really, really does. I agree. I agree with you on that. It, it, fear is... Fall endlessly or arise revolutionary or it's false evidence appearing real. Yes, yes. Both of those are so true. And I I witnessed that actually in my youngest. She's very similar to me. And I see that I'm like, okay, let me like pull out this fear and like pull it out of her mind and let her just see it go poof away. And she's like, but it really will happen, right? It's like still there playing in her head. Like her fear is going to happen, which I think happens to all of us, especially when we're stuck in these relationships where that person is convincing us of our fear to hold us and trap us. Yeah. And thankfully, I was able to have a breakthrough and, and think of a solution. I was like, oh, well, this person, that person, we can tell them because there's this whole thing about these boys chasing her at school. And it's just, oh, oh bless her. I know. She's just, she's an HSP. And you know, we've all been an HSP since we're little, but how do our parents give us the tools or help us handle it? Probably for us in our generation, not so well. No, not so well. It wasn't really, it wasn't, even my mom back in the 80s when my dad passed away in 88. I, I did see him and my mom said, you're too young for this. And so I got tucked away again, sort of tucked away. Um, so, yeah. And even yeah. when I was a lot younger, I remember seeing one of my guides who was with me every night. And it was like this silver cord. I must have been like five or six. And I was along this silver cord. Um, and I remember exactly what she looked like. She was like a, te- like a teacher, glasses, um, kind of strong. I call it strict clothing, very head teachery clothing. But mm-hmm. I remember these things. But it's it's yeah, these days it's different. So if you have a highly sensitive child, right, then nurture that. 
Yeah. And especially within yourself, yeah. if you are realizing, oh, I'm really sensitive yeah. and everyone's been calling you too sensitive, like it's a bad thing, oh. then embrace it and nurture it, like you said, and, and don't don't fear it because everyone else outside of you has taught you to fear it, taught you to feel yourself and fear your gifts. But yeah. it's a beautiful gift and it's nothing to be afraid of. So we have to backtrack and dive into your story about how you relate to us in your trauma or maybe your spiritual awakening through a bit of your trauma experience. Yep. I will say one more thing about fear. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's in my book as well, but um, you send masters always say, it is actually St. Germain says, oh, fear is the Darth Vader to your Jedi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so, well, my trauma, yeah, I started as a, as a kid. Um, I was abused as a child by a friend of the family, which in the 80s, it was different, right? Mm. And so... Everything um, was very loose, like, go go off, go have a slumber party, go whatever, right? <laughs> like, go roam the, the streets all by yourself. I'm just kidding. I, was, I no, feel like it was I, a little bit more constricted, but definitely not. Yeah, I, yeah I, no, I yeah. And so I had that, and then um, I... I, I lost my father at the mm. age of 14, mm. and that was tough. It was really tough for me because I was very close to my dad. But I was bullied at school as well because I was so skinny, and mm. that didn't – it really dented my confidence. But because I was also abused as a kid, and I grew up in Singapore, Malaysia, which was a completely different culture than when, I, when we went back to Holland, it just – I, there were no uniforms, so the kids just wore whatever they liked, and kids were smoking, and and I just I never took the main entrance unless I had to because I was so flustered. I felt horrific, and like everyone was staring at me, and so I used to take the um, I used to take the side entrances, and if mm -hmm. I had to get to a classroom and call me crazy, right? And there was a guy in the corridor, and the classroom was at the end of the corridor. Oh, heck, I would not pass the guy. I would take another route. That's mm -hmm. how bad it was. Mm. It's not only that. I I was very good at not eating or throwing my food away, my lunch away. At night, I did eat. And that was like a continuous theme throughout my life, um, especially not eating properly. And whenever my first relationship, I was nearly 22. And so I was a green bean. I didn't even understand guys. It was like mm. alien to me, right? <laughs> um, and so that didn't work out. And so I landed in another, he was, this guy's turned his life around. And this is, this is years ago because I'm 48 now. Mm -hmm. But um, I rolled into several other very toxic relationships. And um, one of them was a, a crack addict. And I had no clue about drugs. I, I, that's a lie. I used it recreationally. And I did dabble when my, when, exactly, when my stepdad passed away in the year 2000. Mm. My mom really needed me and I did help her out every weekend. So I went from London to Buckingham, which is not Buckingham Palace, but Buckinghamshire. It's about an hour, one and a half hours from where I lived in London, up north. And um yeah, he was a character. He really was a character. My mom didn't even know he was a happy drunk because <laughs> <laughs> he had cancer, right? And uh, in his throat. And um, mm. he 
always had water. It's quite funny. He had water in the car. And my mom said, can I please have a sip of water? And he's like, no, it's for me. It's for my throat only. <laughs> well, little did she know, guess what it was? Gin and water. water. <laughs> <laughs> he was hilarious, oh, though. Man. He did go to um, AA because it got out of hand and he quit like that. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty amazing. But um, yeah, so when he crossed over, I kind of, you could say I had the wrong kind of friends, but you know, I took the ease, I took the cocaine, I was, um, and people just wanted me to be happy and not cry. That's, that's what I felt. And I always had to be happy around people and I just couldn't. And that was my escapism. I did it for like three months and I could have killed myself because I took quite a few ease one night and I told my mom and my mom said, do you still use it? And I said, no, because I didn't. I just, from one day to the next, I quit because I was just like, what am I doing? Yeah. And, um, but this, this I had never experienced. Um, it was a crack addict. He's actually my twin flame. And twin flames, right? People have this, oh, they get this look in their eyes and it's like, oh my gosh, he's my, this person is my twin flame. Well, great, right? Because mm-hmm. twin flames are meant to come into your life, to disrupt your life. Mm-hmm. And it's often very traumatic. And I'm so, so thankful to, to my ex. I saved his life because he was in bed with the Crips in Holland. Mm-hmm. And um, the Crips had threatened him because I'd saved his life. Um, and because I got the police involved and they threatened me, they threatened to find me and kill me as well. Now the leader of the Crips is currently on trial. Only now is he on trial because they had to garner so much information over the years. Um, so the police were glad that I was leaving the country because my mom took me out of the country in the space of a few days. Mm -hmm. And I had to start again in, this was in Holland. So I had to start again in the UK. Mm-hmm. But um, what it taught me, because it was so frightening for me, the experience to see someone with crack hands and to see him just wasting away. I'd never seen that. I tried to get him into rehab and he really wanted to, but he didn't have a social for Holland. So it's like I needed to get him to private and they would not accept him in Holland. Mm-hmm. And so I got him deported back to the US. So the police did that. And that was his journey. But for me, the experience, I was broken. I was totally broken. I took a whole box of ibuprofen. Really sad, I know. Mm. And um, nothing happened. All I had was a good night's sleep and the headache was gone. And I was the, like, whole, the whole bottle? The whole bottle? The, the whole, um, the whole, what, I, 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 there were 12 ibuprofen oh, in the 12. Yeah, it's in the package. Wow. And, um, so I did go to counseling, a normal counselor, and the counselor said, Brigitte, it's going to be okay. You're strong enough. When I was sitting there thinking, yeah, that's not going to work for me. So I really had to, I had to dig deep. And I thought, you know what? I consulted a Reiki practitioner mm-hmm. and that was the start of my healing journey. Mm-hmm. And she really did help me. And I studied level one, one and two, which took about one and a half years. Because in those days, as Raven, you really had to do your case studies and you had to do your self-healing. These days, it's like in a weekend, you can do level one and two. And it's like, hey, I'm a healer. Here's my certificate. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. There should be a little bit more tricks and balances with that. So 
I look back in that, on that and I'm so thankful. I love him for having thrown me in the deep end because without it, I wouldn't have started my healing journey. And I started, studied many other healing modalities like EFT, became a meditation teacher. Um, I studied aroma, aromatherapy, aroma touch, holistic nutrition, um, even drug and alcohol abuse and the effects thereof. So I was really in that mode of absorbing and I just needed to sort my life out. And I did, but as you very well know, right? It's great. Your life's great. Everything's just going. And then something else happens. <laughs> yeah, no, another veil uncovered. <laughs> I know, right? That onion layer. And I thought I'd had enough. No, apparently I did not. Because I, I did move to St. Petersburg in Florida because I brought, bought a property over there. Mm. and because the market had crashed and I had saved up quite a substantial amount so I was like well why not I just wanted to go and I did and then I met someone else oh my my goodness (laughs) (laughs) if I was kicked into the abyss oh my gosh this went even deeper oh dear yeah and um he's a beautiful soul as well a beautiful soul, but uh, he was very clingy and very needy. And when he had a, a reckless under his belt, he just couldn't figure out how to turn his life around. These things happen, right? That mm. was his journey and his experience. Oh, but um, bad me, what did I do? Because that's the one thing I always did, Raven. I mm-hmm. always supported them financially. Oh, mm. hell, I just seriously, what an idiot. Yeah. You know, you need to let mm. them hit rock bottom. And it's like, you can't, it's like one, this is like the ad, right? Broken bird seeks, seeks another broken bird, right? Mm. And um, to get more broken because that's what was happening. And I needed to fix myself. It's like, I can't fix anybody else, but that's what we often do. It's easier to focus on the outside. Right? Yes. Fix the other don't, yeah. don't, I'm fine. Don't fix yeah. me. And that's just sometimes I feel like the empath and the narcissist, we can intertwine. We both yes. have the light and dark. As yes. I noticed within me, that's all I would ever do is push to fix him, push to normalize him and marry him. And he just became more resentful and more dark. And yes. He hated me more and abused me more. And I was like, oh, if I just do this, like a pitbull on a bone then it'll be all better and it's like no that's your little narcissistic shadow saying like I yes. can fix them when it's like I needed to be fixing me yes absolutely yeah. and we always forget that and you're right we need to focus on the inner you know but I was working and he wasn't and mm-hmm. he moved from an hour away to two doors down from me and I was like oh goodness and he oh. still wouldn't leave me be and I got really ill because of it. I made myself ill. I lost so much weight. I couldn't eat anything. I could hardly drink a cup of tea. Everything just came back out. I was totally skin over bones. Um, That didn't help me, but I soldiered on. I always kept working because that's the way I was. That's the one thing I could control. The one thing. Um, Yeah, and really hurt myself by not eating, right? That was my superpower. (laughs) So... And they were like, well, Brigitte, if you don't want to eat, then yeah, yeah, don't eat, right? But you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. And um, so with with this, I paid a lot of his bills. And I even, and this is mea culpa, I'm guilty of this. I even tried to find jobs for them, 
even mm. for the last one I did. Mm-hmm. And that's not wasn't my task. But you go so far and you're programmed that way, you're conditioned that way, you don't know any better because you're trying to make their lives better whilst you make your own life miserable. Is, and, is this toxic positivity you were mentioning earlier? Everyone wants you to be happy. And so it's like, therefore, like your condition, like, oh, well, this is how we all should be just happy yeah. and in peace. And that's like, that's not how the world really works. And everyone has their journey to go into the depths and out. And yeah. yeah. So then you were doing it to them and projecting like, oh, well, okay, well, I'll just make sure that they're happy. So I'll find yeah. them a job and I'll do this for them. And I got that. And you're strong, right? Also impasse, we're strong enough to do that, but it's not our job. You're right, Brigida. Yeah. So I had to <laughs> learn that. And, um, it got so bad that I needed to pay a deposit for his another rental because he had to move out. Hmm. And I never got that back, but that's all right. It wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world, but, um, then his place got tented for termites Hmm. and he said to the landlord, Oh, I can stay at mine. I knew I flipped. I was like, no, you cannot. I said, you, I was so angry. Were you dating? Were you dating at this time? Or were no, you... we weren't anymore. We weren't. You were but still doing all this after you were because not. Because he didn't get it in his mind. He didn't understand why I didn't love him anymore, right? He's oh. like, people work things out. I'm like, mate, I don't love you anymore. I'm sorry. That's long yeah. gone. And yeah. um, so he just didn't get that. But so when I when his place got tented, I I paid for a hotel, and as I said, it's two fat cats as well, on top of that. So I had to pay for them as well, right? Oh my gosh! And, and so when I, for a couple of days, and then um, he had to check out, and I had to pick him up, and the place was not done yet. So I had to take him to my place. By that time, I was at the end of my rope. After good, after two pretty much nearly two years I was at the end of my rope and um yeah and uh, I lost it I jumped several red lights I weaved through traffic I don't even know how I got stopped um because I didn't and I I parked and he knew he had gone too far he Mm. knew at that point in time he'd gone too far before that I even sold my house to get away from him that's how bad it was and so I bought another property um and I understand this is, it was my, I didn't have to, I just didn't know how to get away. I just, I couldn't figure it out because the more you sink into that trauma, the more you get into um, fight or flight mode, right? You can't think properly. You're trying to keep it all together, but you can't think anymore. And um, it's like a horror movie. You always run yeah. to the wrong place. And so at that point, for so long, even at nighttime, I would just cry myself to sleep or I would just lie on the floor, right? And scream at spirit, at God, at my guys and say, I cannot do this anymore. I just can't. I need help. And finally, I got that. I got it in the form of my sister who I was in touch with at the time in the form of Kumbo, which is a shamanic healing. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's... um, yeah, combo healing is at the combo frog or the, the monkey tree frog um, that thrives in the Amazon. And um, so it's it's thousands and thousands of years old. But what the shamans do is they scrape um, the poison from the monkey tree frogs from the skin, right? 
Yeah, and they don't die. Don't worry. They cry right. happily ever after. What happens is the shaman um, burnt, I think, three or four points into my leg, right? And it's top skin. And then what he did was he put the... Um, the combo points, the combo poison onto my skin. Well, trust me, I didn't do my research because I don't like to go in with expectations, right? I don't. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I was throwing up, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're purging, you're purging. Mm -hmm. It's so physical. And there was this happy yellow bucket beside me, but I wasn't feeling very happy. So I was throwing up and purging and I had to drink two liters of water oh my goodness and it came out the other side as well so I was running to the toilet and the shaman he's so used to it he helped me and oh my goodness it was a four-hour ordeal do you know why because my ego wouldn't flip and it wouldn't would not budge because I'd been so I, I conditioned myself for so long right so it's like you have to deprogram yourself and I, I looked like a, like a, like a puffer fish at the end of it. And I was like, so, so flustered. And he said, well, after that, he said, well, why don't you lie down? But I couldn't even lie down just for two minutes. When people lie down, they, they see all these, oh, they see beautiful colors and everything. Well, I saw nada. Hmm. So all I wanted to do was go out and walk in the park. And, um, that was the start of something completely different for me. Every bit of healing that you do or every healing modality that you study, right? You learn something new about yourself. And this was, um, I made a bucket list of the things that I wanted to do. And I stuck to them. And the first thing that I did was, because I promised my stepdad that when he crossed over, I said, you know what, I'm going to run for cancer. Well, that, that stayed in my imagination for 16 long years until mm -hmm. I finally did and run like the wind I did for <laughs> cancer. I did it a lot in Florida, but I also went skydiving because I had a fear, immense fear of heights. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't pee in my pants, but I was glad when I touched the earth again, but it was an experience. So from that, my life started to get better. And a few weeks later, spirit kicked me out of my house and they said you need to go to this um this fair and that's where i met my former mentor alania starhawk who does akashic record healing mm -hmm. and so that was very powerful because um i went through several past lives and the dynamics between my ex and myself changed completely because the energy right it's you heal up and it just changes. That's the law. That's the law of, um, of physics, so to, so to speak, or the law of energy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and that's when I learned to channel. And it didn't. It, it's quite a funny story because sitting in the class, right? I was like, there were there was quite a big group. Um, I'm one of these people that likes to sit by myself, just the way I am. I'm a bit of a loner. So um, and when she went into meditation, right? One, two, three. Oh, heck knows where I went. I don't know. But then she counted back from three to one and I came back into the room. And then everybody was like, oh my gosh, I saw the Ascended Masters and I got this message. I saw the Archangels and I saw heaven knows what colors or whatever. And they related all yeah. these messages. And I'm sitting there. I'm telling you, Raven, I was so upset. I was crying in a corner. Nobody saw me and I wiped. <laughs> I wiped. I wiped my eyes and my nose. But there was one exercise which she gave and it's 
I, I, it's so easy because all you need to do is pick, um, take a pad and pen and just sit there and say to spirit or the ascended masters and the archangels, tell them I'm ready to receive, right? Mm-hmm. And you're ready. And some people like to meditate beforehand or listen to 432 Hertz meditations, which is on YouTube. Mm. But I was so exasperated, right? I was just ready and flow it did. And I was just crying tears of joy when I got home because it, that was amazing for me. Yeah. And that's how that, that part of my journey started. And it's beautiful when you channel because it, at first it's all about healing yourself right? And they give you these messages to help heal your heal yourself. And that is just so powerful. And then I just started with my card decks, and I would pick a card and I'd be like, Oh, okay, well, I wouldn't check Google, of course, I just sit there with the energy. Um, and um, I just get a message. Mm-hmm. And that's how it worked for me for everyone, it works different. But mm-hmm. that's how that worked for me. And from there on, I did a lot of other things. It doesn't mean my life has always been um, rosy, or it's gone over a bed of roses after that, it hasn't. But the point is, I don't really care. But what my experiences are just my experiences, I just let it, I, I just let it be. If I can't do anything about it, it's okay. Yes, I love that. Yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of people are concerned that when they do meditate, they don't see anything, or they don't, yeah hear okay. anything and that doesn't okay. mean you're disconnected yeah we all experience things differently either feel or like temperature or you just like know like there's different ways to receive it so I always I'm I seem to be very visual so I always feel bad that maybe someone else can't see it because it is kind of cool to have the clarity but they get the clarity other ways right they get yeah that. we do yeah so for me now I, I love it because I do light language as well and that's been amazing. And it's just, it's, that gets me on a high, but it doesn't always mean that I'm not always visual and that's okay. Cause I, I'm more that I, I don't know how to explain that. So when I do my channeling, it's not like I see them, I feel them. So now I know how to discern them and who, and who is who, but that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. if I don't know who it is, I just call them the divine because they're all divine beings. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's how I do it. Yeah. Okay, wait, we should clarify. What is an ascended master? Because some of us are like, I don't even know what she's talking about right now. <laughs> an alien? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know what? That's funny you mention it because most of the ascended masters are star seeds. So they are from different planets, so to speak. But they always come in a form, in, in, a, in a shape or form that you're most comfortable with. Mm. And um, Ascended Masters have actually attained that enlightenment, that unconditional love for everyone and everything and the multiverse, as I call it. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I have have heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've attained that. I have heard that um, Buddha is an Ascended Master and Jesus. I've heard Jesus is an Ascended Master. Yeah, Lord Sananda. So Jesus was an aspect of him. And um, he's actually from, Lord Sananda is from Venus, but Jesus was not his last life. He had another life. He was a healer. Um, I think it was, it's, I think it was Ap- Apollonius of T- Tijuana and he was a healer as well. Oh. He could have ascended after Jesus, but he didn't want to. So he had another lifetime. Interesting. 
love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So I I work a lot with the Ascended Master Saint Germain um, mm. and and um, Lord Sanat Kumara um, and then some of the archangels as well. So how do you know like their names? Do they tell you or did you learn that? No, they will tell me. Okay. But now it's very easy for me to discern them. But there have been a few new ones and I'm not sure who they are. And that's mm-hmm. okay. I will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about that type of knowledge is it, like we're so used to putting labels to everything yeah. on earth. So there, it, if it's wisdom, it's wisdom, right? Just like if it's it love, it's love. It doesn't really matter. Absolutely. And their main message is really about what St. Germain always says, you're here to return to a love of self and of one another, right? Because we think we're separate, but we're not. We think that that's the one thing with the labels, right? So the light inside each of us is the same. It may be that our physical appearance is different, but I'm sorry, we're all cut from the same bark of wood, right? We're all brothers and sisters of the light. And yet we mm-hmm. walk on the street past one another as if we don't know one another, right? And we're lost in our own little world, in our own little bubble. Hmm. That is something that I've been trying to attain more, especially with this divisive energy happening yeah. in the world and the politics, which I have refrained from talking about, you listeners okay. and past. Yeah. But it, be, it's, it doesn't really matter what the politics, what side you're on. Obviously, there's a division, right? And so that's that same dark lie being... Yep pushed onto us to it's just like the narcissist says with you it's like they magnify the fear and the lies so that they can continue to control and so that's what the darkness is doing so we have to unite no matter what we believe to just shed love you can see it all over the u.s at least right now with the midterms it's it's crazy it's like honestly neither of you are really worth voting for sometimes in some of these states like doesn't matter who the you, light person yeah it doesn't matter who you vote for actually now that we're talking about this so government is derived from latin and governor and menti and do you know what it means mind control Ooh, interesting and not only that the light beings up there always state like terra is earth right you live in a terrarium right mm. and you're all these like little lab rats in this glass box and we're experimenting and you've got to figure it out and so because earth they always say this is quite funny earth oh only planet where you incarnate right where you have to pay to live mm-hmm because that's what it is. It's like you get sucked up into this system, right? I call Earth the insane asylum because it's one of the most difficult planets to incarnate into, especially during these transformational times. But I still think it's a beautiful time we live in. Yeah. And um, it's like, hey, you know what? Okay, you're born into the ins- it's insane asylum, right? And you're being fed your meds. And you're keeping inside of the fence. But then there are people who are like off their meds and they hop the fence and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm finally getting what life is all about, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's this thing like, I talk about this as well. People always talk about procreation, right? We have to procreate. That's why we're born. No, hang on a minute. You're here to co-create, first of all. When you understand co-creation, right? Mm-hmm. And living in that harmonization, um, then procreate. But people have got mm-hmm. it the wrong way around. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was just literally telling my husband this last night, like there are traumatized 12 year old adults, right? The emotional body is at 12 years old, procreating and then dominating their children and continuing to the cycle of darkness and abuse versus the divine feminine is like co-creating together and communing and just being at peace. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned the divine feminine, but we forget about the divine masculine, right? The divine masculine is totally off kilter and it has Mm -hmm. been out of balance for a long time. And it's about creating that balance, right, between the the divine feminine and the divine masculine. It's taking that toxicity out of the divine masculine so that you have the proper balance of yin and yang again. Yes. And that is the thing. That is the thing. I love that. Yes. I feel like it's a big buzzword, maybe because we're trying to swing the pendulum away from the toxic masculine. Yep. But... Yeah, you can't ignore the masculine. You're right. You have to incorporate the both, both balance. Yes. The co-creation is the key to both feminine it and is. masculine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So that is the solution to politics. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I, I'll tell you something. I don't have a TV. I don't care for it. I create I create my own, my own world. I create, right? And mm-hmm. I don't allow myself to be... Um, influenced by what's on tv because it's a programming isn't it it's a conditioning everything's like a conditioning it really is yeah do you know Um, i always say do you know how they got to the top well it wasn't by being kind and pure of heart they sold their souls yeah oh they really did and what do they think when they cross over do you think that the council of the cosmic central sun does not deal with them of course they do and they may have to incarnate into another life that's not so pretty and karmic debt. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So that is that is the hope for you, right? If, and that, that goes back to not fixing them, right? Like it's not your job to fix this person yeah. who's toxic in your life or who maybe is a narcissist. Yeah, the council will deal with them and let karma be the justice that you so desire. It'll yeah. happen. So just focus on yourself and move on going no contact, going gray rock, all those things and tools that we talk about on the podcast to just get them out of your life. Like you said, two years of dealing with your ex chasing you and stalking you and you paying. That's just so, just like too much. I made that choice, didn't I? I I chose that. So I take full responsibility. But you know what's so beautiful about it? He's completely turned his life around now and he's doing so well. And that's the one thing, Raven. I don't hate any of my exes. I love them all because why would I run around with bitterness on my shoulders? What's the point in that? There is no point. Yeah. It just poisons your own light is what it does. That's what it does. But a lot of people will have these resentments towards people or their exes. or, And it's like, why? It was a beautiful experience and it, it may have been a bit sour, but it's still a beautiful experience. It's like, what did you learn from it, right? Yeah, at the soul level, right? Of course, on the earth level, God, it sucked. But like you said, (laughs) you chose it, you didn't block his number, so therefore (laughs) you kind of put yourself through it here on the earth. And as a soul, soul, you're like, oh yeah, probably should have blocked him a long time ago, but hey, learned and yeah, you have the lesson. That was just an experience and I understood that. So 
you can sit down in the dumps and feel sorry for yourself, or you can choose to pick up your life and change that energy around, right? Mm -hmm. Because we are, after all, we are divine alchemists. We are energy, right? Everything that we think, we create, we manifest. And people seem to not quite get that, but we are more powerful than we think we are. Hmm. I'm learning that more and more every day. Yes, that is true. Thank you so much, Brigida, for being here and sharing with us your beautiful wisdom. And where can people continue to hear more from you and learn more? Um, well, I have a Facebook group, Universal Light Warriors, and that's the same for Instagram. And then my website is powersoulhealing.com. Perfect. And then your book, tell us about that. Oh, Becoming Authentically Me, that's the title. It's not written in a normal way because it's B-E-C-O-M-I-N-G. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And it was the Council of Ra because they like to speak in riddles and um, telling me that we're all sacred geometrical beings of the divine. Mm. And so, because we are, we are mathematical equations, really. Mm -hmm. And so it means becoming when you, um, when you spell it differently, right? It becomes being.com and .com is um, the suffix for the internet, right? Worldwide company, so to speak. And from Latin, it also means um, either together or with, but being.com means, so C-O-M is the creation of myself. So being the creation of myself, because we create and express ourselves of every day, every second of, of every day, so to speak. Yeah, so, with every thought. Every yeah. thought, absolutely. And so the, the first um, part talks about the transformational times that we find ourselves in. Yes, I do speak of the COVID agenda. Um, I talk about many of the other light beings. And so I have a message from Mother Earth. I introduce Archangel Michael. I talk about the Anunnaki as well. Um, I love them. And um, I talk about the beginnings of the Earth. So I touch on Atlantis and Lemuria. Yeah, that was um, fun to, to read about. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second part talks about my life and all that I have overcome. And it's infused with the many channeled messages mm -hmm. to avoid being donkey like I've been and to help you through to switch that mindset quicker than it took me years. But um, so it talks about that. And then there are exercises in there as well. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. And we can get that on Amazon, correct? Yes, it's on Amazon. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, are there any last final thoughts um, for the audience before we conclude? Yeah, to return to your authentic nature, right? And to live a far more blissful, peaceful, and an abundant life. It's really important that you take responsibility and that you take accountability for your life, right? Because nothing's going to happen if you don't move from that couch, so to speak. You have to take action. And life, life is like a game of Donkey Kong, right? Or Mario Brothers, right? And you are playing the levels, right? And you don't always attain the next level straight away. It takes you a couple of tries. So it takes you a couple of experiences. But the more you just embrace all your experiences, instead of going against the grind and just accepting what is and healing and um, alchemizing these experiences, the easier life becomes. And instead of huffing and puffing like the big bad wolf, 
right? Just move forward because life is all about returning to a love of self. And as Archangel Michael always says, it's about walking each other back home. And that's the journey of life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. life is really simple. It really is simple once you understand, once you stop huffing and puffing, and once you start breathing, it's breathing through it and understanding your experiences. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. Life is like a video game. So, yeah, I remember <laughs> when I was a little kid playing Mario Brothers, and if I got frustrated. <laughs> Yes. I would die faster and I would have to do the level yes. all over again. <laughs> or it's like that game Jumanji. You remember Jumanji? The latest oh, one the yeah, with yeah. the rock. And they would get three lives, right? Well, except mm. they would remember it. But every time they had to try again. Yeah, yeah, try again. So, yeah, just that's I think why the, the awakening seems to always be like, okay, be zen about this, right? Like just calm down. And I, I really, truly love the message of returning back home life also yep. is a journey of returning back to your higher self and back to home yeah mm, yeah thank you thank you for that so all of the links to how they can find you read your book will be in the show notes as well as the blog page on the website ravenscott.show and thank you everyone for listening we'll see you in the next <laughs> episode and remember always keep your unique light shining Claim all the offerings and transformational workshops that we offer in our studio in the link in the show notes as well at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. First is the free how to draw powerful boundaries workshop where you will be free from the narcissist's negative emotional cycle, aka drama, and create a positive life. This is free in the link in the show notes. Next is the How to Lead the Narcissist Workshop in your life physically and emotionally, whether it be family or a romantic partner. When you finally discover this untapped secret in this workshop, your pain, shame, and self-loathing disappears. Third is the Soul Integration Masterclass, DNA activation, cheat codes, and spiritual alignment practices, and more. All so you can live authentically on another level. No one will recognize you anymore in a good way. And your soul will be alive, aligned, and integrated into this 3D body. And what if you could change your life by changing your mindset? Learn about the power of the human design system to help you do just that. The human design is a self-discovery tool for shifting from being stuck in the web of lies to living fully in your authentic expression. It is a chart that combines astrology, Kabbalah, I Ching, the chakras, and the science of neutrinos to understand your unique energy map. You can book a human design reading with me in the shop. Claim all of these and more in the link in the show notes at ravenscott.show forward slash shop. And if my book, Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse and Recover from PTSD, Codependency, Gaslighting and Manipulation, is available on Amazon and Audible now.